Welcome to the Making Space Podcast. I'm Jen Pillipow, and this show is dedicated to bringing awareness to our habits and their root causes because I believe that with awareness comes choice, and with choice comes change. And as a hypnotherapist, I know how much our subconscious minds influence us, but as a human on my own healing journey, I also know it's not always just about mindset. I understand how important integration and embodiment is and how those terms can feel confusing and hard to implement. These are the themes that I like to unpack in this show. This is season three, and I'm joined with my dear friend and colleague, Jennifer Kelly. Jennifer is a professional development trainer and positive psychology coach, and together we're exploring the effects of people-pleasing from our own perspectives, experiences, and circumstances. We hope our conversation sparks some insight in you. Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Inner Child Reparenting Workshop, now available on my website. If you have trouble with boundaries and saying no, if you have a harsh inner critic and unreasonably high expectations of yourself, if you're highly anxious and you worry constantly about what other people are going to think about you, and if you continually ignore and distract your intense emotions and your needs, then these are all signs that your inner child could use some reparenting and you are the best person to do this. This workshop will help you connect in, actively reparent, and work towards honoring and accepting this part of you. And by connecting into your emotions, you're embodying while releasing old belief systems, making space for fresh new perspectives, choices, and change. This workshop is available now, and you can get the link in the show notes or visit my website at jenpillipout.com. Also, if you are interested in a people-pleasing workshop delivered by Jennifer and I, we would love to know. So head over to the show notes, submit your interest, and let us know that we should get on creating that. And finally, if you're liking this show, please hit subscribe because this does help raise visibility so that other people can find it too. And that would mean so much to us. Let's go to the show. I am just doing a solo episode today sort of an in-between of the episodes that I'm doing with my friend and colleague Jennifer. I just wanted to hop on and talk about some of the themes that I have seen coming up in our conversations and I don't really have time to go into more detail with because we're in conversation and we're in flow and um, I don't want to interrupt that that flow too much. But there were some key things that kept coming up that I did want to spend a little bit more time addressing. So something that I noticed came up in the first episode is I kept saying, I think it was fitting in. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between fitting in and belonging, because there is a very big difference. And it makes me think about the time that I spent in my last corporate job, which if you've been following me for some time, you've probably heard me talk a little bit about this. I think I even share a whole episode about one of the things that happened in my corporate job in the second season in perfectionism. But, you know, something that is only dawning on me now as I'm still processing my time there, I was there for almost 10 years and I left officially in 2018. I actually left in 2016 to go on a mat leave, um, but didn't really make it fully back, just did a little bit of part-time contract work when my 
son was a year old, but officially left in 2018. It's been four years now, and I'm only just realizing the impact that that environment had on me. And something that really comes to mind when I think back and I reflect on it is that I desperately tried to fit in to a place where I didn't belong. And that created all kinds of miseries for me <laughs> that I, I did a really good job of dissociating with and distracting myself with other things like overworking, overeating, overexercising, being so busy, trying so hard to outrun what my inner voice, what my soul was really trying to tell me in that I don't need to try to fit in and if it doesn't feel like I belong, then maybe it's not the place for me. And, you know, thinking back, there was there was so many times, especially in the last few years of my time there, where I was having these feelings of, you know, am I uncomfortable because this is hard and because my limits are being pushed and because I'm out of my comfort zone? Or am I uncomfortable and unhappy because this is really not the place for me? And I think so many years later, I've finally come up with a solution to that. And the solution is I didn't feel like I belonged. And so that was not the right place for me. And so that is what my soul and what my body and what my emotions were trying to tell me. But at that time in my life, I was very disconnected from myself and from my emotions. And that's a story for a whole other time. (laughs) But it, it really shows me the impact of how it feels to constantly put myself in a place where I don't belong but I'm I'm trying to fit in and what that entailed was me having to hide myself so much of the time and being so afraid of being found out and it's not that the way that I was in that job was so wildly different from the way that I am but it's the fact that I had shame for just being who I am and I was afraid that people would see that and that that it creates I feel like it created almost a callus for me where I just got so practiced at dissociating from what I was feeling just so that I would fit in just so that I would feel like I could be accepted even though in that environment I always felt like the bar was so high and the expectations were so high that I could never meet it no matter how hard I tried and try I did (laughs) but it really did create a lot of um, damaging repercussions that I'm only starting to work through now with a therapist and it's just it's incredibly shocking to me how detrimental that time was when on the surface like it actually looked like it was pretty good you know um and and I think that that's also where a lot of the distrust can come from that distrust in myself where you know, everything seems fine. Everybody seems nice. Like, what is really the problem here? Like, I, there is there is no obvious way that I was being harmed. It was just at a really unconscious level that I just didn't didn't feel like I belonged, and I just didn't feel like I was right or that I would ever be good enough. 
And that created an enormous amount of shame that I really tried to outrun, (laughs) which eventually, as you know, (laughs) you know how the story goes, it caught up with me. (laughs) And um, I've been doing the work at unhooking from what that time meant for me and what I learned from it and, and how I can connect back to myself and bring myself back. And so... When I talked in that first episode about fitting in, I'm not sure if I said belonging, but I really wanted to just circle back and and talk about what my experience was like within within that, within fitting in and belonging and the difference between that. When you belong somewhere, you can be your authentic self without fear or shame. When you're fitting in, you're people-pleasing. And of course, that's what Jennifer and I have been talking all about in the first two episodes and will probably continue you know, when we people please, we're just really trying to fit in. We're trying to be accepted. We're, and we don't feel that maybe we are acceptable the way we are. Okay, so here's another thing that I wanted to talk about is that the way that I say we and the way that Jennifer and I, we share our stories and we, we say we feel this. And I want to make sure that as you're listening to this, that when you're hearing our shares and our stories, we're not thinking that we're experiencing a universal thing that everybody experiences that you'll know exactly what we're talking about not at all I mean we're all so different we're all so unique we have different backgrounds we have different privileges we have different family systems we live in different places we have different perspectives and ideas and I never want to take away from that so as I'm sharing a story I hope my hope in that is that your something that I say maybe sparks something in you that is ready to be explored or you're ready to be curious about. And you may not be agreeing with what I'm saying at all, but maybe it, it opens a window for you to consider something in your life. And that's the reason why I share it. I don't share it to say that, oh, we all feel this way because I don't think that's true at all. You know, it's been a very interesting perspective and lesson on my own perfectionism journey in going back and editing these podcast episodes that Jennifer and I are doing because in the past I never really edited my podcast episodes I would script them though so I would know what I was saying and then I would say them and then I would just basically put them up and not listen to them ever again and with Jennifer and I it's the opposite we don't script anything And I go through and I edit and I take out a lot of the ums or any of the places where we we get on a bit of a tangent that's just not necessary for the point we're trying to make. And and especially in the first episode when we're just getting used to what this might look like for us. And it's funny because as I was listening back, I... I noticed that I said something about scarcity and I can't remember exactly what it was in the second episode, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because I think that's something that runs really deep and is really layered. And I'm curious what it brings up for you when I say the word scarcity. What do you relate that to? I mean, in my mind, what I automatically think of is money. And in my mind, I actually get a picture of like empty cupboards, but that's my experience. I'm really curious what yours might be because it's so much more than just a narrow vision of, of what that could be. Scarcity 
could mean so many different things. And what really got me thinking about it is I was I was listening to this workshop with Elizabeth D'Alto and she was talking about our purpose. And I myself always have sort of had this running rhetoric in my mind that I need to know what my purpose is. In fact, I think when I interviewed Cheryl for um, my Brain Boss podcast way back when we were talking about, um, I think, yoga therapy and marma, and I think one of the things that I may have said to her was, what is my dharma? Like, what is my purpose? And I had always thought of it as just being one thing. And then I realized that no, in listening to Elizabeth speak, it's that's really my scarcity programming that I have and that I've been working on unhooking from. But this thought that there can only be one purpose is not true. So many purposes. And and I always used to equate my purpose to my career. And that's not true either. And so I'm really curious for you as you're listening, if you think about, have you ever thought what your purpose is? Did you think that, like me, that you only had one purpose? Did you think that that one purpose had to come from making money? And what does it feel like to know that it's so much more expansive than that? If we think about the term abundance, how it means so much more than money, it could be abundant in love. It could be just looking at nature and seeing the abundance, seeing all the the billions and billions and billions of blades of grass that are in your front yard or all the leaves on a tree or all the raindrops in a, in a rainstorm, the abundance that Mother Earth has, or the abundance of um, really anything in your life that you experience that you maybe wouldn't necessarily think of. All the little droplets in the shower of water, the abundance of water that we have, the ability to turn on a tap and water just comes out no matter where you are in your house. I mean, it's such a privilege, right? And it's not something that we maybe equate with having a lot of abundance of um, abundance of emotions abundance of health I mean it, it can mean so many things and so when you think about purpose and your purpose I mean there there could be so you could be here for so many different purposes and this sort of ties into the work that I was doing and I talked about in season two with the perfectionism um episodes in that you know, really unhooking from the all or nothing mentality. And when you notice, if you ever catch yourself doing that, just pausing to give yourself at least four or five other options that maybe you hadn't considered. So an example that had actually come to mind about this for me and where I had a big experience around it, which really helped me learn the lesson is, and probably a lesson I'll continue to learn for a while, Um, It runs pretty deep, right? (laughs) But uh, many of you know that I trained with Marissa Peer in Rapid Transformational Therapy, RTT, a style of hypnotherapy. And many of you know that, or you may have just maybe sensed from me, I don't know if I ever really truly spoke about it, but having a lot of hesitation around it because of the structure and the agenda and especially around the memory regression and then I did some training with Irene Lyon who's a nervous system expert and just learning 
about that world of trauma and how you don't have to revisit trauma in order to heal and learned all these fascinating new things about healing and and it really shifted my view and for a long time I didn't know how to do my work. I didn't know how to do my hypnotherapy because RTT didn't resonate for me anymore and and that's not to say anything against that um, methodology. I mean it's it's worked extremely well for me. I've had lots of amazing results. Um, but I think as a practitioner, I, I needed to find my own way. And as I was coming to terms with this, I would still try to do RTT sessions because that was my main source of income and that was what I had trained and, and paid to learn to do. And I felt with that all or nothing mindset that I had to do it or just not at all. And what I was experiencing is when I did have sessions or when I did do sessions, I would get these crazy migraine headaches and and so much tension it would create. This It would just create so much stress for me. And what I realized at that time, because I was still very much in my mind, this is before, I guess, what I'm calling my spiritual awakening, <laughs> which is something that if you're on my email list, you've heard me talk about, and I'll probably be talking about more in the future. But this was when I was very much just living in my head and coming from like my education and my positive psychology coach training and the RTT therapy training. And what, and I knew, and of course, I've always known and believed that there is a mind body connection. And so, as I was experiencing these debilitating migraines that I had never had before, um, and it was always associated with either um, doing one on one sessions or visiting my in laws, it made me feel like with this all or nothing attitude and idea that I shouldn't be doing. RTT. My body was giving me a signal and that signal was I should not be doing it. And so I actually stepped away for a while and I didn't do any work. Um, I actually just did work, a lot of work on myself, but I stepped away from doing one-on-one hypnotherapy. And now coming full circle, what I've come to realize is that the message that my body was giving me and that I've now received so many messages in so many other ways is that It's not that I should stop working or stop doing hypnotherapy. I need to stop doing it in that way, that very specific way that I was trained. And I need to start doing it in my own way. And what I was hearing from my guides is do it like Reiki. And so if you're not familiar with Reiki, it's an energy healing. And the way that I do Reiki is that I tune in with my guides and so when somebody comes to see me we have a little bit of a chat but then they lie down on the table and I do energy healing work on them and I don't have an agenda at all. Um, I've really just set my self aside, my human self, my human brain aside and I listen to the guidance that I get from my spiritual team and they tell me where to go and I listen to my body and I listen to my emotions and, and I, I listen to the sensations that I'm experiencing because when I turn on my Reiki, I then feel what that other person is feeling and experiencing, of course, with my own interpretation that I share with them. So I was getting the guidance to do hypnotherapy like that, meaning 
go into those sessions, work with people, meet them where they are with no agenda. And this is not about fixing people. And, and this is really just about helping this person on this next leg of their journey. And that's something that I kind of touched on in the last episode with Jennifer, where I was just talking about how, you know, no, nothing is really a silver bullet. I've got a blog post about this. Um, I'll link that in the show notes where I just talk about all the things that go into healing that there is just not possible for one person to have all these solutions within them for you. I mean, we've got to consider who you are and where you are in your life what layers you've got, what subconscious limiting beliefs you have, the way that you grow up, your family, any generational trauma that you might be experiencing. I mean, there are so many different factors and and I spend a little bit more time talking about it in that blog post, but you know, it's, it's impossible for me as a human to possess all those things that could always give somebody the result that they're looking for. And the other thing is, is that Sometimes we seek out healing because we're we're stuck somewhere in our lives and sometimes that solution doesn't come until we've been able to address a couple of the top layers first. And that's why I say so many times that healing is not linear. It's not like you just, you get a roadmap and you pick the shortest, most efficient way. Unfortunately, it doesn't really work like that, right? It's... Um, you know, the, the order gets revealed as you go. And, and that's why I love working with people that understand that point of view, that they come in and they, they're able to have a curious mind. And yes, they have something that they want to heal and they want to make progress somewhere, but they're also open to exploring what that might be that might be stopping them because we don't always know and especially with hypnotherapy as we get into working with the subconscious mind that 90% of us that runs our operations that is you know runs under the hood that we don't we're not conscious of that's why it's subconscious um, we don't always know what's under there and what layers there are or what we'll discover and so just to circle back and I was talking about this all or nothing attitude that I had I noticed it really start to shift with how I approach my work now and how I do hypnotherapy it's more of a blend of of Reiki of somatic of working with the body working with the emotions and seeing what information at a subconscious level that all has for us and taking the learnings and making progress from there but the other way that it really showed up is in my own healing because you know I was first attracted to RTT so much because of the rapid pace of it I felt and I had some amazing things happen I mean my eyesight changed within three days my thyroid changed within three days there was some crazy things happening and I was so addicted to the speed of that it just felt like I could mentally force change and it was really addictive and I wanted to just keep going, going, going and reaching for the next thing, always with the belief, of course, you know, a lot of people can probably resonate with this, the belief that once I get somewhere, then I'll be happy. That once I figure something out, once I get this answer, once I get past this hurdle, then I'll be happy. Then it will all be good and then I can relax and then I can play. 
And so I know that I really started to shift out of this all or nothing and give myself more choice and have some more patience when I started to approach my own healing like, okay, you know, that this is something that I'm going to be doing for a long time. Let's just say the rest of my life that <laughs> I'm going to have a therapist and or a coach and or be involved with some sort of course or program or teacher to some capacity for the rest of my life because personal development is just my favorite thing. And so if that's the case and if it's true that there's going to be no end point and if it's true that well, and here's the other thing that I noticed is that I would have some answers sometimes down the road. I would have a really good session. I would figure something out and there would still be more. And this is something that I talk to my clients a lot about is those layers is that we learn something about ourselves only to learn that there's something else to learn. And so that really helped me slow it all down and to realize that okay, I'm just going to have, I'm just going to be booking these sessions with my therapist and my expectations are so different. It's not that they're going to help me fix something that I need fixed in order for me to get to where I want to be, in order for me to be happy and go on with my life. It's more of just this curiosity of unraveling these layers that make up me that I want to understand better. And this actually reminds me of just one last thing I want to touch on before I, I end this solo episode and that's I talked a little bit about family constellation in the last episode and that's it's a really interesting modality um, I've linked up Jessica's information in the show notes if you want to explore her work and what she does um, it's for generational trauma it's for understanding and healing attachment wounds attachment styles and the interesting thing is that when I booked that session with her, I didn't know anything about attachment styles at that time. I hadn't come across it in my healing journey yet. And even though it's like it's pretty prominent on her website, <laughs> just you know how you don't see things that you you don't really know about yet. I think that's where I was with it. It was still a blind spot for me. And at that time, I, I still sort of had this expectation that doing that session with her was going to solve a problem for me. And honestly, what happened was so much better because it allowed for so much growth and so much development in so many areas of my life. Initially, I was just hoping for a little bit of clarity around my career because at that time, I was still very unsure about my hypnotherapy and what I was doing and that has since unfolded and it, I only not only got that but I also got an unraveling and an understanding about my relationship with my in-laws and some of the struggles that I've had around that and it was all through just showing me what I needed to heal that was in my blind spot and part of that blind spot was my attachment style and my attachment style is avoidant. And once I learned that, and I don't know how I even got that from that session because we never even talked about it. I don't even know how this came into my awareness. It, it feels kind of magical in a way. <laughs> but as I researched about what that meant, and as I found good therapists to talk to about what that meant for me, it felt like so many of the pieces 
that have been outside my puzzle just started to come together about so many different domains and areas of my life and it the light bulb just went off and that's what I feel um, that working in modalities and working with therapists and coaches this is how it can be so powerful yes it's true that one person can't just go and heal everything or heal exactly what you want because there's so many different facets and layers to our healing but it's so powerful when we can have that experience of having something illuminated for us that then is a domino effect for so many things that we're working on because of course we're all interconnected we are interconnected um and and you know your shin bone affects your arm bone (laughs) if you know what i mean we don't we don't heal in isolation i guess is what i'm trying to say so okay i'm gonna wrap it up there those were some of the main points that i just wanted to talk a little bit more about because i feel like we glossed over some pretty big things just to stay in our conversation and our flow If you are enjoying this season of the podcast, please do let us know either by leaving a review or sending me an email at info at jenpillipout.com. This just helps us understand if we should continue with this kind of content, if we should try something different. And your feedback is always helpful for that. 